Towards the free kick. Colaccini nearly got ahead on him. Chiotte, great strike! Oh! It's an absolutely fantastic goal! Would you believe it? Divo Carigi! Balotelli! Aguero! Staggering! Just staggering! Call it, take it quickly, Arigi! Great day. Fantastic day. Phenomenal day. Whatever superlatives you can put to good day. Oh, I, I don't think I've ever been in such a good mood to record this podcast than I am at this exact moment. Ian Gilmore, Adam Baker, Luca Maloney, the usual cast and crew. Newcastle has been taken over. That's it. Podcast done. <laughs> Go home. All right, stop the record button. <laughs> Never thought I'd have an episode to be jealous of you about, but here we are. It is, I mean, this has been, what, ugh, a year and a half almost now in the in the making, and it's finally here. I just, I, it, it doesn't seem real. It's takeover a year and a half. Mike Ashley leaving feels like it's eight years in the making. Yeah. Oh. Here's, here's the official statement. An investment group led by the Public Investment Fund and also comprising PCP Capital Partners and RB Sports Media has completed the acquisition of 100% of Newcastle United Limited and Newcastle United Football Club Limited from St. James Holdings Limited. It's done. It's through. It's happened. Amanda Staveley, who is the CEO of PCP, put out a, a statement of her own saying, our ambition is aligned with the fans to create a consistently successful team that's regularly competing for major trophies and generates pride across the globe. Ugh. And it's a two and one. Fills me with so much happiness. Because Steve Bruce is about to be the Steve Bruce's removal. Oh yeah, he's gone. He's the first one out the door. He's gone. Goodbye, Steve Bruce. I told Ian as soon as he walked in here, I was like, "Do you have your transfer list, your wish list ready?" Well, I I don't want to get too. I mean, they're not going to throw three hundred million pounds into the January transfer window, but it's going to be more than the usual like fifteen million or grab three players on loan. They might grab five players out of nowhere and. The build working their way up into a European side. Yeah, you get one, you, you get a, a couple of good players in each position. There you go. Start with those modest signings. Yeah. I, I just want to know who the new manager is going to be. I'm trying to think of the free agents. Antonio Conte comes to Newcastle. Conte, Newcastle you know, takeover. If they really, t- I mean, granted, there's no way Conte would want to be the first guy because what's he going to do with the current yeah. team? Francisco Valverde. But if they just promised him some full backing, he actually might take that one instantly. That's that's the problem right now is we're in the bottom three and have yet to win a game this season. <laughs> and you guys aren't like, you know, you worry about how Conte might do with some diva players who might not buy into his system. I don't think Newcastle's really in that position with anyone. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think there would be an issue of buying in right now yeah. because I think they would be so eager like, to what, overly what, buy in. What could be worse? Yeah, what could be worse right now? Yeah, and the reason he didn't go to Tottenham last summer was because he wasn't given the financial backing. He's gonna have it now. And if there's a t- if there's a if there's a good time to instill a three-at-the-back three system into a team, so when there's no system currently taking place with Steve Bruce, so you're basically going into a blank slate. It would work. But maybe that would be a next summer pickup. You guys got to get that one. Uh, you guys just got to coast. To the, is there a Newcastle former player in management right now? Or who um, is a manager who's a free agent right now? Damian Duff might be out there somewhere. Nicky Butt could be out. I think Nicky Butt's an assistant at United. Um, Alan Shearer, he managed us here and there, and I think in 2009 for a couple months, and then didn't do anything. 
Um, He's a pundit right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, he is a pundit. And you also have Francisco Valverde on the on the list of free agent managers from other European yeah. clubs. Hey, and with how bad Barca went after him, maybe uh, his I mean his global rep has risen a little. Yeah, enjoy the English game. Uh, who else is out there? I mean, Zidane's not going, so I'll just that's the other. Zizou. Him and Conte are the top two free agents. You don't think Zidane would come to, <laughs> to Newcastle? <laughs> hey, Al Saint Maxman's French. Hey. <laughs> It would be Zidane's dream to work with ASM. <laughs> Zidane's like his uh, short list being between United and France jobs opening up, and all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. he just jumps. No, you didn't know. Out of nowhere, you didn't know Zidane had a poster of Alison Maximan on his wall. Right, you know, how, <laughs> not like, the other way around. <laughs> could be both. You know how wild it would be if they just grabbed some like big time manager. I don't know if Mourinho didn't want to continue at Roma, and they just grab him. You know, That's a tough one. He loves Roma. Lucien Favre could do a good job. Yeah, Lucien Favre had a job? Yeah. He didn't go to Palace. I think he denied, he rejected Palace. And I mean, he. As long as it's not Frank DeBoer. He's a great transition piece. I don't, I mean, when you guys. Ronald Koeman once he gets fired. Oh, oh God. God, no. You guys will <laughs> I'd rather take Frank DeBoer. <laughs> you guys will regress. <laughs> what about uh, hey. Hansi Hostler? <laughs> Grab it. Yeah. Get a little promotion? <laughs> uh, I'm just. Uh, also, money's not going to be an issue. I just, <laughs> they paid $300 million for the club. Um, the the net worth of like the Saudi royal family or whatever whoever is like involved is four hundred and thirty four billion. The wow, it's just crazy. <laughs> when you see the figure of like how much more they are worth than city's owners. Yes, it just doesn't add up. To it's me. absurd. It doesn't make sense. Well, I, I brought can, the calculator they... up to do three hundred million divided by four hundred thirty four billion. It is this is the percentage of their wealth that that is buying buying one of the biggest clubs in in the world. Well, let's say England. Um point zero six percent. Jesus. Wow. How much <laughs> uh what currency? Just for that's just the like three hundred billion million divided by four thirty four billion. Just straight. You know up. what I'm saying? It's three hundred uh, million. Uh, I think pounds. Pounds? Pretty sure. So Barca's I mean Newcastle went for eighty more million than <laughs> Neymar? <laughs> yep, <laughs> and probably like seventy-five more than Mbappe would if he went to Madrid this summer. Yeah. Hey, but in hey. like a year, they're gonna be worth like billion, billion and a half. Hey, yeah, nothing better than the lovely English northern seaside. There's nothing. Just uh, seeing like the videos of everyone around the stadium today too, singing "We Got Our Club Back." Man, <sighs> imagine being a Sunderland fan today. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be me. Like. Could not be me. From a Dortmund perspective, I'm like, damn, when are we going to get a billionaire takeover? <laughs> but if my local rivals were the ones that actually got it, yep, that's devastation. That's and hard. obviously you're rotting away in League One right now. Yep. That would just be tough to see. Born on the wrong side of the divide. The, the uh, Twitter bio has already been updated, too. It is a new era begins, dot, oh. dot, dot. <laughs> I like how I went on to Twitter. Straight into my veins. I don't follow Newcastle or anything, but the first thing is just Newcastle United. United's in bold, black yep. and white heart. They're they're enjoying this. Oh yeah, it's got to be trending too, right? Like this oh. has to be. Oh yeah, it's the, one of the biggest stories in England right now. Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, on my like trending thing, it says Saudi-led takeover has been completed. Is like my number one. Yeah, same. Jordy is trending. Just the word Jordy. Jordy. St. Max, oh, well, it's not that much, but St. Maximum is the only player catching the uh, limelight, naturally. Did you see his video he tweeted this morning? Did not. Oh, I got to find it. Try to play it over the, the speaker here. Venmo me is, or hashtag Venmo is number one trending. 
Second number trending in the United States, Newcastle. Okay. I also see a hashtag levy out. Really? <laughs> <Just> randomly <laughs> trending, just, trending just scattered on my in there. <laughs> this has all brought up the, the bad memories for Spurs fans right now. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Ashley out is trending too, but I mean, he's going to be gone. He is out. So. Kevin Keegan, Hawaii the Lads, Amanda Stavely. This is just great. St. Maximin. I got to find his tweet and see if I can play it over the the speaker here because it's great. It's just like five seconds, but. <laughs> five seconds of It's got a million yeah. views, and he tweeted it, what, 10 hours ago? <laughs> this morning? I don't know. Yeah. When does the man get up? Here, I got it here. Let's see if we can. Oh, that's Facebook. Good morning! <laughs> <laughs> Just fantastic. Twitter guy. I love that guy so much. So much. Okay, enough on Newcastle. I just had to get started off and be happy right, but, about football in well, general. Wait, well, hey, before we can move on, you know, I'm putting Favre as my official uh, manager prediction. You guys? I don't know, man. Honestly, I couldn't Ooh. tell you right now. I, no. I haven't seen anything, reg- any reports regarding a new uh, oh, uh, a replacement right now. Oh, yeah, I think they're still just, they'll be finalizing the deal for a minute. I don't, uh, who do they, I don't eat, mm. And any, it's uh, tough. uh, well, I guess even tougher first signing. Can't even think of one. Jack Wilshire. <laughs> so I was going to say Johan Kabai. Johan Kabai. You know, you never know. Bring back Johan Kabai. Frank Lampard. What if they brought in Frank Lampard? Frank needs a job. Ernesto Valverde, I guess, is still out there. He hasn't been in management for a year and a half, though. Kike Setien. Uh, yeah, another one. Pirlo. Yeah. Pirlo to Newcastle. Hey, get Pirlo back in a yeah. team with black and white stripes. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he might is out play there. himself. <laughs> you never know. Javi Gracia. Klinsman. Oh, I'd love oh, that. Yeah. Oh, Klinsman. I'll take, you know what? Screw it. Klinsman. Klinsman would be great, mm-hmm. but he also tried not to get the Tottenham job earlier, so I don't. he's not looking for it. I don't know if he's looking for a club job or at actually, the moment. Actually, Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe, Eddie be, Howe could be a, Eddie, that's yeah, actually a very that, good that's possibility. A, that's a project you could take forward, too. And that's Eddie his kind of thing. I'll go with Eddie Howe. Say Eddie Howe, manager. First signing, I really don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah. The one manager I hope they don't go with, uh, Mark Hughes oh. is out there somehow still. If they take Mark Hughes, I think I'll roll over in my grave. Former Stoke? Try. And, like, many other clubs. Yeah. He's just one of those guys that bounces around. Vyash Boash is still out there. AVB? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. got to get him. Come on. He was... Sacked in February. He was in League One, right? Dang. Was it? Wait, what, yeah, was he, Marseille. He was with Marseille. Yeah, 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 yeah Marseille. And then um, who took over oh, Marseille? Marseille? Who took over Marseille? I think it's uh, Peter Bosch. He's somewhere in that. I don't know if he's there or Monaco. It says it says San pa- has... is the coach at Marseille now. Uh, oh, Bosch is at uh, Lyon. Yeah. And San would have been a good to hire anywhere too. Man, there's options. I mean, I don't realize how many there's people options. are free there's agents. When you only look at it from like when Ole gets sacked, perspe- or if Potts <laughs> gets sacked, perspective, and it gets that. That'd be awesome, dude. Little... You go from PSG with, <laughs> with Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe, and then you just come to Newcastle. <laughs> what a roller coaster! Potts might enjoy it more. Yeah. He could. It's. I mean, he knows the league. Rebuilding in his image. Yeah. Not building around his. I mean, granted, it's it's a great problem to have having to build around your stars, but. 
Uh, you have Rudy Garcia available too. There's a lot of guys out there. I didn't realize how many there were. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Ian's happy now. Uh, men's MSU soccer. We'll go with the men's first. Coming off a, a 2-2 draw away to Michigan, you know, you say that and you'd say, hey, I mean, on the road in a hostile environment, it was Michigan's first sellout since um, MSU Michigan 2017, I think they said. Um, I mean, it was rocking. The atmosphere was great. Their student section is phenomenal. Um, so you, you'd probably take that. But the way they played in that second half, you got to almost think it was it was two points dropped. No, that, that was the highest level I've seen this team play in a really long time. Passes were crisp. You could see the movement in the wings and going forward. And, yeah, you missed, I think, the team missed Jack Zuge, obviously, being the bigger man in midfield. But other than that, they played great. And like we were talking about earlier, I thought they dropped down, they dropped back and defended too early instead of trying to push for another goal and get a 3-1 lead. Yeah, tough fortunes both with, one, you score two goals in such quick succession, you kind of would hope the it's it's a lot to ask for that the floodgates stay open and you can get the third and really put the game to bed early. And then, two again, just not being able to hold on to that lead in the second half. I guess Michigan State have seen their self, how hard it is to equalize against a team that takes a lead. Penn State scored late, but going back to the Indiana game, when Indiana scored early and they just couldn't get anything going late, then to be in the situation yourself and not being able to put it away is just a little... It's a tough one to see, and it would have been a great result to turn away the recent run of fortunes. Nick Stone, I mean, you know, three minutes in, in this hostile environment, you put a, a header into your own net. Nick Stone does. They go down 1-0. I don't know what was said at halftime, but they came out and looked like a totally different side. They score two in the first eight minutes. Nick Stone makes up for that own goal. I mean, you know, it just shows what this team's capable of, at least on the offensive side. Yeah, I know how... Cause... Again, go. you see how tough it is sometimes to come from behind and then to string together those chances Especially early. the way they played against Michigan in recent recent times. They don't usually come from behind and even equalize. Yeah, no, the games Michigan have... The games Michigan have scored first have been the more, uh, by far the more comfortable of the games in the recent run of form. Like last year's Big Ten tournament game, when Michigan went up, you kind of you kind of knew the whole way through there wasn't going to be an equalizer in that game. The season was going to end at that moment. So it does show you yeah, the strengths they can have on that end, but just t- getting it together for a full result still proven to be a bit of an issue. Yeah, again, I mean, it was one of the toughest games I've seen in, in a very long time from this team. So to be able to walk away with one, I mean, you'd like the three points, but to walk away with one, I think it's something to be proud of. It's always, I think it's something to build off of going into the last third of the season. It, it was, in itself, a fantastic college soccer game in terms of the atmosphere, um, you know, just the, the, yeah, the, the performance on the field from both sides. Yeah, yeah the, the quality, quality. The level of performance was spectacular. And, and, and attacking and defending as well. I mean, it was, it was there both ways. Um, Michigan, you know, it's the first time we've seen MSU play them without Jackson Reagan in forever. And it, yeah. it was almost like, there. well, I guess there was a drop-off because... They scored two goals, MSU, but it was almost like there wasn't that much of a drop-off really at all. So, you know, with Reagan at the back, you know they're not conceding too. That, yeah, and he moves that. the and that guy moved the ball too a lot. So even in transition, he would have the ball make his way upfield and find options going forward. And he scored himself. Yeah, he scored yeah, himself. He scored, he scored the last second equal well, late equalizer last year and built from the back the whole game. 
It was it was it Callow? Was it was it Callow? Yeah, Callow's Callow, the one who nine scored. foot two, towering <laughs> over the entire box. So, so tall. He just looked like two feet taller than everyone in that in the box. No, it was. I just gotta check his actual height because I was just surprised. And then there's that still shot of him and Buka celebrating together. It's <laughs> like a foot and a half, two foot discrepancy between them. Nick, so, so Nick Stone, two career goals in his in his entire time as a Spartan, and they both come against Michigan. A, a man for the big mo. I mean, the own goal. It's like Buka, damaged. but reverse. Yeah. Surprised he didn't he didn't grab one against him this time. Um, Farai keeps showing out. He just uh, he's having a fantastic year. He's leading the Big Ten in goals, leading in points. Beck leads leagues in assists on the other side. That's such a one-two punch now. But you got to think we're four games into the schedule, and MSU doesn't have a win in the Big Ten yet. Yeah, and I was, even with that on the on the park. Yeah, and I was I told you, I was writing it in the preview before. First time since two thousand nine, there are three games into the Big Ten season without a win. I'm trying to find out how long ago it was since they went four in. Cause, yeah. And it just it go, that's always my little take back from the it's always a good point on the the any any road point is a good point because I think you'd rather well, walk out with the one than than none. Yeah. yeah, you'd rather walk out with one than none, but I just think you need to back that up with home wins. Yep. And we've seen the home games yeah. have been two one nil losses, but against it's been against the toughest teams in this league too. So I think that's where their schedule really conflicted. And they didn't transition well into the preseason games and playing Wisconsin, then Duquesne, and then heading into the three toughest, three toughest teams in this league. Yeah, no, it's definitely a, not a forgiving schedule. But, I, but I, I'd argue they haven't played Maryland yet. I think that's the best team in the Big Ten this yeah. year. And the, the other thing fair. about the Big Ten this year is, it is it, there's so much parity. Maryland's already – they lost to Wisconsin. We don't think Wisconsin's that great usually – and Michigan State goes on the road, and you got to say that's a good point yeah. against Wisconsin. But like Adam said, if you're getting good points on the road, you have to back that up with points at home, and they haven't gotten any yet. And, I mean, their next game's against Rutgers, who I'm pretty sure beat Indiana in the conference opener. Yep. Yeah. And Rutgers and they, they might not lost, be as good yeah. as their schedule suggests. Yeah, and they just lost to Penn State, too. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no easy games in this conference, especially this year. I mean, Northwestern might be the only one at the bottom of the pack just because they have a first-year head coach. They're not necessarily a a year by year powerhouse, but still, I mean, they took Indiana right to the end. Yeah, Northwestern does have a good goal scorer too, and Justin Wise, five goals right behind Farai Matatu. Yeah, it's but, yeah, but Rutgers started the season their preseason off beautifully. I mean, they were like they had seven, they have like seven wins. I guess with a not to if you were still making the point. No, go ahead. To, with all the conference parity. You would want some of the upsets to come be given by yourself. It's like if you could have beat Indiana at home when you had that dominant first half. When you had the best chance you've had in years. Yeah, and again, Indiana, Penn State, Michigan, a very tough three in a row. Oh, yeah. But to get three points from one of those games just would have been big. It's probably three of the top four teams outside of yourself if you're MSU. Yeah, and performance-wise, the three points should have come against Indiana because Michigan State outplayed Indiana in that game, especially in the first half. Yeah, no, to not capitalize on any of those opportunities. And it's, I mean, it was good to see them be able to come back from behind against Michigan from the early setback. Because it began. Yeah, because it could have been so easily to that, for that confidence to have been blown over. And then next thing you know, they're down 1 0. They, they say, we don't want to do this anymore, or their morale goes down, and suddenly you're two, three goals behind. So that, that, that for me is the part that impressed me was the mental, 
the mental determination to go ahead and close and, and close the game as best as you can. 2006, by the way, the last oh. time they were winless through four. And, but also, I wonder if they even had a Big Ten back then because on the schedule it says conference 0 0 and 0. I think this website just yeah, well, doesn't okay. read that far. I mean, I can't imagine the Big Ten didn't exist because they, right. they were playing them every year. Maryland wasn't in it at that point, but still. Penn State, they lost. Wisconsin, they tied. Indiana, they lost. Michigan, they tied. And then they beat Northwestern. The one that had me curious when I was going back is because you know how Notre Dame doesn't really have a home in any sport, so it varies. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if, for, if soccer they're ever full time Big Ten because they're on the schedule every year. They lost to Notre Dame, too. So I mean, yeah, it could be a, it could have been winless through five. Yeah, there was a if, few years where they came into the equation and I didn't really grasp the situation. I don't think they were in it because if you go back on the Big Ten site and look at 2006, they're not listed as like one of the teams. Oh, excellent. Interesting, but. You know, it, so, yeah, Penn State, Wisconsin, Indiana, Michigan, Northwestern, Ohio State. Yep. Pretty much the same, I mean, pretty similar schedule to this year. Yeah. It is. And they finished that year 10 7 and 2. Yeah. One and 3 2 in the conference is the yeah. only thing. They only had the one win against Northwestern. That was it. And same with 2009 for that that slow start with three games. Ended 12 oh, bounces out, I guess, towards the end, but 12 8 and 3, which, I mean, you might not expect given the start. Those are always the teams, though, that just had it every year. Interesting. Um, so up next, Sunday, Rutgers. We, <laughs> who knows how good Rutgers actually is? Um, they're, what, 24th right now in, uh, in, the, in the top 25, I believe. But their RPI is not that high at all. They've had a pretty easy schedule so far, I do believe. Um, Trying to check that out right now. Michigan State's strength of schedule, by the way, is up to fourth in the nation. That is absurd. Yeah, I mean, I mean the competition has been real. The yes. Openers has, and to uh, think they haven't played Maryland yet still. Oh, yeah. No, Tulsa have a... Uh, Tulsa, I didn't even know this at the time. Tulsa was number three in the RPI when Michigan State played them. Yeah, I caught that. I didn't know. I mean, I wonder why they... I don't... When the schedule has the ranking, I don't know if that's ranking at the time they played or after. I think it's at the time they played. Okay. Yeah, because I think they continuously update the ranking. I think they were 24th, beat State, and then jumped to third. Oh, okay, that's an amazing jump. But no, 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 this is RPI. RPI, this is oh, RPI, RPI yeah, not yeah. rank. Okay. They were, they were whatever it was. They were 24th in the coaches poll or uh, whatever they use. Yeah, United Soccer Coaches. Uh, but depending on who you talk to, they'll tell you that that is not an accurate poll at all and yeah. that RPI is a lot more accurate. Um. Maryland right now is 15th in RPI, Penn State 21, Michigan State still 40th. So they're still they're right now they're right on the line of the of the tournament projection. This website's fantastic by the way. It's got your conference RPI, your country RPI, your daily scoreboards, tournament projection, it's great. But MSU is like like, you know, if you talk about like last four in, that's that's where they are right now. Uh Rutgers though, strength of schedule 131st. In the country, it's it's by far and away the easiest strength of schedule so far for anyone in the Big Ten. The next closest is Wisconsin at 104. Have they only hold up? Oh no, I'm tripping. Yeah, four conference games. They've won one of them. Pretty big one yeah. to win. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, you can't look at a win in Bloomington and scoff at it. Yeah, no, not but at all. still. Trying to look at these non-conference games. Last time they played Rutgers in New Jersey, Michigan State was having a horrible season, and Rutgers was ranked. They go out there and they spank them three nil. Yeah, Ferry and Ogunwale came onto the. Ogunwale masterclass, yeah. 
back home because he's from uh, Piscataway or he's, he's from East. I do remember him. He's from right by Rutgers. Yeah, him going home was a bit of that narrative. Yeah. East New Brunswick or something like that. And we were all there for uh, the Rutgers master class to open the conference play. Well, yeah. The season last year. Or an oh, Asher yeah. and his goalkeeping. He's, he's done pretty well this season too, but again, not against crazy opposition. Yeah, against these teams, you have to take it by day. And, every, and each game, I think, tells a different story. The thing, though, is like if you look at the top of the Big Ten, it's, it's quite congested. I mean, Maryland 15th, Penn State 21st. Indiana 38, Michigan State 40, Michigan 42. They're all right there. Rutgers 46 right now. They're all right there. This tournament this year is going to be so yeah. fun. Yeah. So fun. Quality, to watch, to cover, soccer. anything. Yes. All the it's going to be great. All the chaos is going to happen on the last day just for Michigan and Michigan State to play for the 30 in a row. <laughs> yeah, again. <laughs> again, it just depends on like where it's going to. They could be 4 or 5, honestly, and it could be. Would they play here, yeah. here this time or? It depends. Who's ever the highest yeah. seed? It'll probably always be at Ann Arbor. But bef- I mean, before they usually held it all like once, or they held the quarters, the quarterfinals at the home venues, and then semi and final they held at Grand Park in Indiana, where I was this summer. No big yeah. deal. It's where Indy Eleven practices. Hey, homecoming. Shout out Ian Gilmore. Yeah, little little homecoming. Back to uh, Car- is it Carmel? Is that there? I don't know. So it's not Westfield. Westfield. It's not officially Indiana's home field, or is it? No, no, no. It's it's not that. It's not okay. close to Bloomington at all. Okay. It's like an hour and a half, I'd say, from Bloomington. Oh, I thought I thought they picked one. My understanding of it two years ago was they just picked one team, and they Didn't, held it at their place. They held it at Maryland. What last year? Didn't they? After the quarters, I uh, think they did. Or maybe it was a year before that. One of the I can't Michigan remember. State last never year. got there. Yeah, so. no, they they lost. Our season ended. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Uh, predictions for this weekend, though. Um, you know, I, I'm gonna go with a one nil win. I think you gotta get yeah. the win. Yeah, but I mean, well, they draw every road game, so maybe I'll have to go one one. I'm, I'm gonna say repeat of what they did the last time there in New Jersey. I'm gonna say three nil. Ogan Wally gets on the score sheet again, and a Fry brace. Not bad. I'm gonna go one one actually for. Uh, I just think they'll right. these road draws will continue, and they'll have to look at Western Michigan as a one a revenge game, and two a, a really get your season right on back on the rails before the final stretch. Again, the non conference games in the middle of the schedule in the middle of a week is just wild to me. Yeah, yeah. The, the, we- the Wednesday the at four, Wednesday at four thirty. Yeah, four thirty. Yeah, I'm gonna have some phone calls to make to Professor. Say sorry. Yeah, I'm out. Sorry, <laughs> I have to go to the West Side. Oh, well, it's at Western Michigan. I was gonna say yeah. no. At first, you have it to was travel listed. too. Yeah, was at first, gonna... it, I thought it was listed at being here. I was gonna say, and then the... they switched. I think they switched it. I, I don't think it ever was because the last time they played Western, it was here. Yeah, in nineteen. Might have read that wrong. But that's but just. Yeah, but it, uh, I just. There's some, there's some good understand. players at Western too. Yeah, I mean good they're players. not a bad team at all, but <laughs> they it's won just the last wild. Game. To, yeah, yeah. Watch and out for deserved. this guy. Yeah, watch, just, out, watch like, out for this guy named. You Aiden have to O'Connor. go. Oh, go, R- go ahead, Gene. Rutgers, ahead. Ohio State, Maryland, and you're gonna throw Western in the middle of that. I mean, when you when you don't have rest, that's again, that's three games in seven days again. <laughs> Already yeah. coming off. Yeah, no, because because then you have to get the win against Ohio State. Yeah, they're not bad this year. Four days later, who did they they beat? Who did they beat? Did they beat? I don't know. I'll look at their schedule. They beat someone. They beat Bowling Green, one, huh. who is in the top twenty-five now. Wow. But yeah, that's just that's just an interesting concept to me, and always has been. Yeah, they just lost to Rutgers on Sunday, two-one. 
They beat Akron. They beat Akron. They beat Bowling they, Green. They beat Penn State. Wait, are we looking at Ohio State? Yeah, yeah. Ohio State. They beat Mar- oh. They beat Maryland. Hold up. Wait, Maryland. no, no, no. They lost to Maryland. And lost, they lost to Maryland. Lost to Maryland. Yeah, there we go. Sorry. Beat Bowling Green. Oh. Beat Akron. I don't think they've played Penn State. Oh well, State there's yet. Michigan State's two losses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, Akron maybe Michigan State let slip. Bowling Green just looked unbeatable that yeah. day. Yeah. So. I mean, they've played some good teams too. I mean, they played North Carolina, Pitt, both really good soccer programs. It's got. I mean, the rest of the seasons they could like honestly, if you look at it, they could win out or they could lose every game. State. Yeah, it could. Yeah. I mean, every time it could go either way, one or the other. You gotta, you know, yeah. especially with Northwestern being away. Yeah, and to end the season. Mm-hmm. Well, you would have. I mean, obviously this applies for both teams, but I mean, you're looking at conference seeding in that game. Well, so you Northwestern extra... could be playing for their tournament lives in that because Is... remember, there's the ninth team that gets left out. Oh, the plan's not back. That's oh no, they do have. The, never mind. They do have the plan. They do have the plan. It was a COVID ex- exemption, right? Last yes. year. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god. So I, but I mean, they could be playing for like the seventh or the ninth seed. Yeah, you're not trying to. You don't have to play that play. You don't want to play that extra game. The last one of your season, so it's it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun into the season either way. Uh, women's is getting. I mean, they're in the thick of the Big Ten as well. More wins for them so far. Three one and one in the Big Ten. They come off a. Uh, um, well, first they had that two-two draw on the road at Nebraska, a game you want to win because Nebraska is, yeah. let's let's face it, not good. Yeah, it was one of the lower tier teams in in the conference. Yeah, I think they're last right yeah. now, and no one was expecting much. And that's what we expected too. We said we come out with the win at Nebraska and hope for the best against Iowa. That's what we predicted before they went on the road. And this time it comes the other way around. So you come back with four points from that road trip, and you're probably okay with it. I think I think it's success. I think you'd call it a success. Maybe the results and where you got the points. Like is flipped from what we were thinking, but and then yeah, and then they go on the road again, come back against Iowa, who is not a team to you know to turn your head at, uh, and they come back from one nil down and and they win two one. Ava Cook, Jordan Wickes. Yeah, again, Ava Ava Cook now leading the team, scoring with five goals. She scored a banger against. Bang. A, she scored a banger and Gainer scored yeah, a banger against Gainer, Nebraska. Yeah. Right footed curler right to the top right corner. Whew. Not and bad, not bad. Tough luck with. I mean, I think the first goal for Nebraska was a clear handball. The clearance went into her, how she set it up for herself to finish go up one. I never watched it the I, first I, half of that. I, I, I had, caught the I'd second. Have, I'd have to it take was, a look uh, at it. It was Thursday night football night. Yeah. Well, I get, it's extra, let me put it on. It's extra unfortunate considering, oh, yeah, I, I missed the first. I just have to check the Nebraska Twitter after. Mm. Uh, extra unfortunate, yeah, to score two bangers yourself and give up a goal like that, yeah. that's really kind of out of your control. But I think the fact that the win came second can really overwrite the fact that you might have got the three points at, or you didn't get the three points at who you think would have been the easier opposition to do it at. So it's just the bounce back and ending the road trip on a high, I think, for me, really makes, it helps the four points feel stronger. And the fact that, again, well, you're not undefeated anymore, but another game you didn't, or another road trip down and you're only on one loss in the season still. Yeah, and it's the second game where they, they pulled out a win in the last 20 minutes. And and they needed that. And with Ava Cook leading the line, she looks very comfortable going to go. That Jordan Wickes goal was Ava Cook's shot hitting the post back in and under. And then Jordan Wicks just sticks the foot in, makes it 2-1. So, fantastic. So, now they're 8-1-3. and three. There's, what, 12 games into the season now and only one loss? Yeah. Like, I think we expected good things when Jeff Hostler came. I don't know if we expected this good. Yeah, it, I, like I said before, like I mentioned before in one of my pieces, uh, he ex- he's exceeded expectations at the club. I mean, at at, at the program, 
where n- nobody saw it coming, especially not in a quick transition either. Yes. You know, you expect you sometimes you expect you know a slower it's transition. It's not like it you was get right it. after Saxton left that they hired him either. No, no, like, no. He no. had the like pro- two weeks, yeah, and then no, it just it's, right into it. Yeah, it was a pr- yeah, it was a process that they went in going looking for the right for the right coach to take over the team, and normally you'd think their first year is the transition year. You know, get the tactics set, get the players that you want in, get some of the ones you want out. But immediately when he came in. It's an it's an instant it's an instant impact and an instant change to the entire program. Nebraska's the only game of the season they've given up more than one. That's impressive too. That is that is very impressive. Not I mean, that you're giving up to Nebraska, but, but still, I guess it, everything combined makes it like a little more forgivable and almost fluky. Yeah. And the fact that they've scored three, I mean, they've scored two goals in three consecutive games. The offense is clicking. They've I mean they've shown how high end the offense can be earlier in the season with some of the other results. Yeah, and the goal so, and the goalkeeping too has been spectacular from Lauren Kozel. There are two games there, well, Ohio State, and then they have the Derby coming up soon. Well, that's what I was gonna say next. Is this slate coming up is almost as hard as it gets. Yes. Ohio State maybe shooting a little bit below what they usually do this year, but they're two and zero on the road so far. Michigan is a very good team, very good team. They're two one. They only have one loss through five games in the conference. Same with Michigan State, and then you play Rutgers. Rutgers might not lose another game this entire season, and they're five and zero in the conference. I think they just beat what Penn State, who's ranked higher than them. Who was I think it would think it was Penn State yeah. eight, Rutgers sixteen. Yeah, and Rutgers and, is still and Rutgers. Undefeated. I think it was four one. Like they dominated. Yeah, Rutgers is very well undefeated at the moment, five and zero. So and it, I mean, they haven't shown any signs that they're going to lose. That uh, I I think there is very few scenarios in the entire universe where Michigan State gets even a point in that game just because Rutgers is so good. And then Maryland comes in and... Yeah. And that's three days of rest from Michigan all the way to travel to Piscataway in New yeah. Jersey. And, that's not, and then you come back home again. So, yeah, that's a, that's a very difficult schedule coming up. Kind or good luck of the draw, though, to have two home games to end the season. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And I guess back-to-back road games before you go to Piscataway, but at least an Arbor is only like half of a trip. Right. It's, it's not like a real, real road yeah. game. You might be there and back. This, I mean, Damon Rensing ran practice before they traveled to Michigan. <laughs> that was they wild, too. Yeah, I, wa- I got that text, text from you, Adam, and I was like, what? It was like 3.30. Yeah, yeah. I, said, I was walking to class. It was it was around like 4, because I have class at 4.30. Walked, booked it to class, and then I saw, I was like, it's Damon. They're like, just talking to the team on the field. They're running a little session, and as much as I wanted to eavesdrop in on the conversation, the team talked to, to, the, to the guys. I had I had to make my way to class, class and, but I, imme- I immediately things. yeah I immediately texted you guys. I was like, wow, I was like, they're still running a practice with like three hours left. That's you, absurd. You were there. Did you see a overtime drop off fitness wise? No, not at all. Maybe just got the last. I guess they're well drilled, I guess. Yeah. And then you so you finished season with Maryland at home, um, and then Penn State, who's good, but they're one and four in the conference right now. Yeah, I mean, I guess you'd. Where's Maryland at? So oh, I, yeah, no, you'd back yourself to win, yeah. especially with them being home games. But you'd back yourself to take those games. 13 teams in the conference. Let's say top half is the top six. Do we see them finishing top six? 100%. Yeah, I think top six is you think? very doable. What do you think very the point doable. cutoff is? Wait, top six. If top six is at seven points right now and there's five games to go, say maybe 15 points, 16 points might be the cutoff. They're at 10 right now. Yeah, there's... You think they get six points in these five? Yeah, I think they get... A guaranteed yeah. six points in the last two. And then I don't think 
if we want to chalk Rutgers up as a, yeah, I think, a tough one to you bet back for points, I think you get six in the last two and four in the first two. Yeah, I think the I think yeah definitely the home games are the, the home game against Ohio State next. I think will be an important three points to pick up at home. It's set the foundation for going forward right here, going into the road trip. Has to be a win against Ohio State. And then you guys know how I feel about college draws. I feel like I just I hesitate <laughs> so much to pick them because it's golden goal. So I always just yeah. feel like yeah. if it gets to overtime, it can easily just become a three point. I mean, you can also lose, but I mean, if they they beat Ohio State, you take Michigan to overtime, and then potentially hope for the best. You hope for the best. You win with the point, and you get. 12 out of 15? I think they can get anywhere from 5 with a win and two draws to 12. Yeah. I'm, again, leaning back to my point about the men. Just when you're focusing on conference seeding at the end, I feel like that will, that'll help them as a better side than, with all respect to Maryland and Penn State, in, at least with what conference play has suggested so far. It'll help you avoid the thing of potentially playing down to an opponent you're not you you should be better than. So I think with that in mind, I would if they got five, I'd be horribly surprised. The the thing is too with the women's side is it's the top eight that make the tournament. So if you want to play a home game in that first that first round, you have to finish top four. I mean they're third right now. I can't see them slipping that much. You would have to you something crazy would have to happen at either the Maryland or Penn State game in which they're, they're, they lose points and also by by chance they also get a goal different a goal differential in which they lose badly it's the only way they would they would suffer from the schedule and they've conceded again twice once the season so I can't I can't yeah I can't foresee that is, happening is a 4-0 going to yeah, no, come out of nowhere I, yeah I mean this looks like I mean this looks like a well-drilled team when they're on the field especially defensively yeah we don't call them handsy for no reason <laughs> there's no I would never back Flick to not get at least nine points out of fifteen. Exactly. So, and, and, and I think they're going. I think also they're going in with a lot of confidence after picking that victory against Iowa. Yeah. So the I believe the confidence is high. We'll have to ask. We'll have to ask Jeff what, what how he assesses the team's morale. Yeah, but for but for right now, I think they should be in a good headspace to finish the season off comfortably. I need to make my way to a practice. Now, I would love. I would catch love some to. Of his drills. Yeah. Ask him how he feels about the nickname. Above all, <laughs> that's the most important part, right? Yeah, we, we should all just go with shirts and see what he says. <laughs> so Sunday predictions. Sunday, I say two two zero state. You know that sounds pretty good, but I don't want. I mean, I think they win by two and don't give up a goal. As much as I want to say three one, so okay, I'll, I'll take two now. That's fair. Same, yeah, I, th- I mean three one. I think would be fair too. We'll go with another, be fair to another gainer goal. And Wickus is finding some form, isn't that? She is. Is that Wicked. two in the road trip or just the yeah, one? Yeah, the fr- freshman. Yeah, I mean, I I said at the beginning just, at the beginning of the season you know, too. I mean. She was one of the players who re- really impressed me with the way that she dribbles. She attacks defenders all the time, and she's impressive. So I would love to see her get on the score sheet again before the end of the season. I'll say one nil, yeah. one nil against Ohio State. No, Wickus scored one of the only goals where you actually see the player dispossess a goalie and yeah. score it themselves yeah. in that Detroit Mercy game. It's good, impressive. It left a good impression for her the first time I really saw yeah. her playing. Ava Cook also round, uh, going around the goalkeeper in that Nebraska game. Oh, brilliant. Oof. Um. So that concludes the MSU talk. Uh, international break. Sorry, Luca, but we have to talk about it because it's the headline from yesterday. <sighs> do it. Do it. Italy's unbeaten streak ends at 37 games. World record, yes. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, global record for any professional men's international side. I don't so. think you'd be mad about that. No, hey. and with and a Euro trophy came in the middle of it yep. too. You know what? Congratulations, they did it. Was that Nations League yesterday? Yeah, yeah. That was is that Na- what it was? Yeah, that was Nation and Nations League today too. See, I just thought it was qualifiers. Be- Belgium, France, nah, up next. There's not a. There's not a good game like that in any of the qualifying groups. No, not at all. I now that you say that, yeah, the most. Right. <laughs> I think the most competitive group is uh, Turkey, Netherlands, Norway, and and that just says like how the standard of uh, how no heavyweights are in the same qualifying group. And no, for Italy, I mean, it, the fact that to, you beat Spain on the way to winning the Euros, it's like, oh yeah, you guys can take that one. Yeah, you had to if you had to drop one of the, it was going to be tough beating them twice. And that game, again, fluky. Doesn't give Spain enough credit. No, because because Spain played really well in that but, first half. As much as I watched it, Spain ran the show. But that stretch of Insigne missing a sitter, Benucci getting sent <laughs> that off. That was a bad miss. That too. was a horrible yeah. miss. Not I said, good. I said, wow. I was like, how do you miss that one? And it was perfect, too, because Spain gave up the ball. Jorginho picks it up. Sends, sends a through ball over to Emerson. Emerson first time over to Insigne from the left side. And when Italy finds their rhythm, like it, it's a downpour. So I think they score that one. It's... Uh, it's a, kind of an understatement yeah. to say it's a completely different game, but they're finding their way into the game because they had a really bad start. They were really starting to look start. good, and then you carve out that Concede great Concede in the first 20 minutes is yeah. unacceptable. I mean, it was it was really just a rerun of the Euro final, yeah. and you're wearing that they're going to go down 2-0, just like you may have worried against England, and then you kind of just assume they're going to get that equalizer and push on from there. Yeah. But yeah, And Adam, you and I talked about this. Marcos Alonso back in the Spain squad, mm. which caught my, my, my attention. Yeah, and I told you, it was the best welcome back ever. You get to go one-on-one against Federico Chiesa. But, <laughs> I mean, Chiesa ended up switching out left pretty early in that game because yeah. of the Bernardeschi and Insigne adjustment they had to make. Yeah, it's yeah, it's tough to play Bernardeschi or Insigne as the number nine. Yeah, but, and I was so excited to see it because Immobile in the knockout rounds of the Euros, I've never been more unimpressed with a forward. So I, was like, I oh. mean, he he only does well. I think he only perform. I think he only looks world class in a Lazio uniform. Yeah, and even that kind of yeah. slowed down after yeah. his fraudulent Golden Boot campaign. <laughs> I I wonder if they how it would have been if they went with Berardi, who I don't really rate like that. But I look at the Spain game where he subbed in for man, he took I mean, on I everybody. On I don't the know right if he way. actually subbed in for Immobile, but the way him and Chiesa were able to combine and how they really should have went up two 0 before Murata equalized in that game. But hey, again, it's Nations League. You got the Euros. Yeah, it was a semifinal run. I was like, you know what? Take it. Again, and Mbappe redemption arc regardless. So yeah. France has France already has their name on the trophy. Has the lineup been released for... It'd be sweet if it went to Pens and he missed again. Oh, man, I feel so <laughs> bad. God. He has to shoot first this time. He can't shoot last back-to-back shootouts. Yeah, no, don't put him at the fifth spot. Yeah, we have a, we have a lineup release for Belgium-France. Which is today. Any, today uh, about it, an hour. hour. Well, the Belgium's big three is all starting. Yeah. Mbappe, Benzema. Yeah, France's big. Oh, well, is that three at the back? They have Te- they have Teo Hernandez is finally back. By the way, did Spain Spain didn't play a five back, did they? No. They so Alonso, a little little out of. Yeah, 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 going from wing back to left yeah. back out of a Conte system against Chiesa. Yeah. Really should have left Chiesa on the right. Interesting. They have. Is that a back? Is this actually a back three for France? Yeah, it's gonna be a back three because they got they got two th- they got three main center backs Hernandez, Varane. And Jules Koundé, and then Pavard and Lu- and Teo Hernandez finally back in the squad for France. Hell that of the wingbacks. Hell of a moment for them. 
Yeah. Side and then by you got, side with your bro on the national stage. Mm. Yeah, and then R- Rabio and Pogba. Those are just two absurdly good teams on paper. Yeah. And and on the field, but like the names are just absurd. This, this oh. kind of has me tearing up. Alderweireld and Jan Vertonghen at center back. <laughs> is my rip. Uh, I think my guy Torgan didn't make the break because of injury. It's an over thirties league. Yeah, they got they got they got Timothy Castagna on and for and Carrasco. Castagna won't make it the full game. He never does. No, he never does. Hopefully he does. Hopefully that changes. But I swear I've never see, seen him play. They see Guendouzi is in the is in the bench for for France. That's awesome. But no ASM because no one loves ASM at the na- international level. Well, because Deschamps just doesn't know what to do with talent. Have France. He would be electric. He likes going. He likes being level. safe. The shot likes being safe. France's did not make the squad lineup was so much better than their bench for the Euros. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like what? in that Switzerland game where you needed a difference maker in overtime, they're I all say in France. Man. Like I would take say Maximan over Anthony Martial in this in this yep. France team. Yep. Like, what has Anthony Martial done for Manchester United? Not One much. Goal in eight months. Tony Marshall. Tony Marshall comes from France. I don't even think. And they got Daya Upa Meccano At least on ben, the bench. Benyet is there now. So there's a striking option. Doesn't yeah. have to be Giroud for Benz. Well, yeah, Giroud's injured. That's why he's not even listed yeah. here. Predictions? France. You know what? I'm going to be horrible and say Belgium. I was going to say Belgium, too. I say Belgium, take, ta- I say Belgium of, takes a 2-1. Part of me really thinks Belgium might, but they don't win big international games, and they don't win international tournaments. DeMartin down a live reaction to Belgium-France. Belgium 1-0. Belgium <laughs> Shutting out France with yep. Denia, yep. Alderweireld, and Vertonghen. <laughs> yep. Belgium 1-0. That would be masterclass if Martin. Yeah, dude, I hope put your entire house on the Belgium 1-0 scoreline. Yeah, I, hope they, I hope they drank a Red Bull no. before going this I'm game. I'm just going to be so mad if I get like excited for these high-powered offenses going head-to-head. and one it's, nil. Like, it's a Griezmann 1-0 winner. But it's also Aiden Hazard. Aiden, Aiden Hazard usually finds his form. For Belgium and Big Rom is just one of the best strikers. Yeah, on the big right Big now. Rom. There's no question about been, it. He's been looking a lot better for Madrid recently. Quick comment on that Lukaku, and I'm not gonna like. He's still an amazing strike. I'm not gonna like disrespect him potentially like Ew. I could have in years. It's just a little interesting. I don't think he did too good against Van Dijk in Liverpool. Diaz kind of had his way with him and Benucci in the Juve Chelsea game. I'm not saying bring back the allegations, but. I think he's on tight watch going into that United game. You're kidding. It's going like, to be like against... he's a fraud? No, no, fraud I get watch? no. Fraud is way too strong of a word because he's, but, but he's struggle, way... But struggles against more world-class defenders. He's way better than he was at United, so I just I, would, I don't want to give that disrespect. But I think it's something to look out for against Veron and Maguire because, I mean... Uh, neither I, of them have looked good this season. I, I don't think Veron has done very well since he's gotten to Manchester. Ver- I don't understand why Veron's mistake-prone. Like... Varan is mistake prone when like it, it it's always situationally with Varan. It, dep- it always depends who he's playing because sometimes he likes to turn up and have his head full in the in the game and sometimes not. Because I'll never look at Varan and say, "Oh, what was he doing there?" He's like he, he's ten yards out of position or like why would he go into that challenge? But there'll be a chip through ball across against Villarreal and he'll just whiffed, and then Paco could have like, the Paco chance in the first half of that game if you guys both caught it. I just don't get it, but. I, th- I think maybe my view is a little skewed just because he doesn't make mistakes on FIFA, like ever. Oh, he's the best player. He's the best center he's back the best in the world in, in FIFA the by far. Exactly. I mean, also Maguire has left him out to dry. And a few, I think the Newcastle goal was the one who really got on got to dry. Lindelof, best center back at United? Question mark. <laughs> Might be Eric Bailly. <laughs> <laughs> it never plays. Um, also tonight is uh, 
United States against Jamaica with no Christian Pulisic or Gian Reyna. Yeah, Reyna's been out for a minute. Yeah. And then, ah, oh man, not to go on a side tangent, but Reyna and Brandt, who are competing for the same spot, got injured at the same time. So that was lovely to see. At least Brandt's back. Big jewels. Uh, I'm just... Yeah, but um, USA has to pull a win tonight because Mexico and Canada also go head-to-head tonight. Mm. And the best thing you could hope for is a draw between them and a win against Jamaica puts USA at, at eight points. I think you just root for Mexico to win every game. Cause, Why? Because they're gonna. Because topping the group doesn't matter. You just let Mexico knock off everyone else. First and second doesn't matter. Let Mexico just don't let anyone else accumulate upsets right. against them. And because, I, mean, I mean, I don't think Canada will beat them tonight. So, Alfonso Davies. <laughs> Oh, if Lozano, Lozano would probably play left. But if Lozano started is and they Chucky, went ahead, awesome. is Chucky playing? I haven't seen Chucky since that unfortunate head injury oh, against. Oh yeah. In, well, I mean, he he's playing for Napoli again. I mean, but oh. I haven't seen him for Mexico. He scored a weekend ago. It was Insigne missed a penalty and it came out to him? <laughs> but <laughs> Insigne missing sitters. Maybe it was in the car. <laughs> it was in the writing. But, yeah, and, and Raúl Jiménez will also be available for Mexico today. Did he get called up? Yeah, he did get called Sick. up. Sick. I'm glad to. Oh, good well, guy. At, great guy. At, at your expense the other weekend, but yeah. ah, I, I'm glad whatever. to see him back on no, one was, the scoreboard and two yeah. playmaking it was, with one. It was Huang Yi Chan yeah. the other weekend that was the Newcastle killer. No. I heard it was, I actually have to watch the full highlights, but I heard uh, it was the same exact play for both goals, damn near. Uh, pretty much. Jimenez threading him through. Like FIFA 22. Uh, just press Y. Through ball to Huang Yi Chan. Defenders don't know where to go. You know, they might be a real option in FIFA with him and Chahare when you're trying to mess around and go to four-star teams. Yeah. Why not? I'll add them to the short list. Uh, Champions League, we missed it last week too, but City PSG. I think everyone was saying City was going to win that, and PSG just came out and... I called the PSG victory. I said it, I said it was going to happen today. Yeah, I went with City. I just didn't think Poch would get it done. I don't think they would show up to play, but... And it's, and it's crazy because City also played a... Wonderful game. Too. Yeah, it's, it's not that they played bad. They were right. so good. I wonder what happens if Ronaldo scores. Like, oh, Bert, oh my God, <laughs> missed the season. God, I texted you guys as soon as I saw that. I was like, what? Let me tell happened you, happened there. I still think he got off easy from it. Imagine if Timo missed that. Mm. Oh yeah, if Timo missed that, he'd be he'd be abused. But I mean, maybe City fans are more forgiving than Chelsea. I don't know. I think it's don't know about that. <laughs> the English just don't like Germans, so. Timo automatically has a bigger reaction. But, no, I mean, it'll be interesting now. That I think I still think that PSG loss is going to be an That PSG dropping points against Brugge will be an issue long-term if City yep. gets the second leg. Second leg, it's group stage. But the reverse fixture. But, I mean, it's not going to be till match day six. But I'm excited for it. That's got to, yeah. That, that, I mean, that could have implications at that point, too. Yeah. That's a nice part. We got ways to go. Heartbreaking loss, though, for... Uh, AC the other AC last yeah. round at the 97th minute because Atletico just see was that the Suarez pen the Suarez pen because mm. Atletico owned yeah. every fourth official and managed to get 15 yeah minutes it, at yeah a time uh, every match God I was I couldn't handle it anymore because they played so well and I thought they weren't gonna I, I told you I thought they weren't gonna get it done against Atletico I said something's gonna happen here they're gonna they're going to collapse you know that first goal from Griezmann was spectacular better defending could have been put there but. It was a great goal, and then to concede the penalty at the last. Not a pen, right? Huh? Not a pen? No, not a pen. No, Griezmann's goal, left-footed volley inside the box, just brilliant. No, no, I mean, like, it was, it shouldn't have been given as a penalty. No, it should not have been given as a pen. For Suarez? No way. It should not have been given as a pen. And then Juve goes and beats Chelsea. 
out of left field. Yeah, we didn't yeah. see that one coming. No, not at all. Sick goal. It was a it's sick goal. Bring, bringing the FIFA kickoff glitch into fruition. Mm-hmm. And good to see. I mean, I mean, I wanted Chelsea, but I, I was glad to see Chiesa have that moment with the English media all watching and the implications <laughs> that has for publicity. And he's already coming off the Euros high, so I could take a positive from it. Yeah, and it was weird because he had no Dybala either in that game. So, yeah. So it, so it hurt. So it, it was really literally a fight for the for Juve's life in that game to pull something out of. I mean, I think Chelsea probably should have found an equalizer in those last ten minutes. But besides that, Juve actually kind of shut up shop, kind of nice. Yeah, they did. When we come off of that high during the midweek, you can get Liverpool City, which is one of wow. the best games I've watched in a while. Yeah, that was high energy though. That really was one of the best games I watched over that weekend. And that was one of those weird ones where it's like sit. From Liverpool's perspective, it's like, all right, well, they may have been fortunate to go into halftime 2-2, or tied nil-nil, but then to blow the the 2-1, it's a one-goal lead. To not see out the 2-1, and then for Rodri to make that tackle on Fabinho, and it looked like he had to make a 3-2. It's a tough one to think, you know, a point gained or two dropped. I think I settled on it. It was a good result overall. And especially, I think, the quality of game kind of eases it. Your viewing experience can... It calms their uh, your pessimistic view after. But what about total performance? What'd you take away? Mo Salah masterclass. He's great. He's got to be the best player in the Prem right now. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah. you you couldn't take the ball off of him in that game. I mean, one, I think we we saw how, not that we needed another reminder, just how impactful Trent is offensively. Just, it, things weren't the same without him. They kind of had to adjust the front line. Just. Like for the Mane goal, Salah dropped deeper. Mane even went on to the right just to compensate for how there was no brilliant run the, and brilliant finish too. And hilarious defending from Cancelo on it. Yeah, and, but the, uh, Cancelo made up for it with that block mm-hmm. on Fabinho, open net. Rodgers. Yeah. No, it was it, it was Jao Cancelo. Are you sure? They yeah. made the the Fabinho. I'm pretty sure it was yeah, Rodgers. It was Rodgers. It was Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was Cancelo. I mean, yeah, I thought it was Diaz initially, and Arlo did too, but. And over, oh man, Liverpool's just interesting with these big games because this game and the Chelsea game have been a kind of a game of two halves. But all, all in all, I think people, I'll take the positives out of it. It wasn't a bad overall performance. Unfortunate deflected goal to see it out. It's, yeah. Still, I mean, was it going in? Maybe not, but. Yeah, I think it was, I can't even tell. I, I feel like it was just going to end up going kind of down the middle or something. But no, it's good signs. They, both of the games being at Anfield, you would have wanted one of them to be a win, but Chelsea and City are two toughest games of the first half of the season. Both came. You didn't lose any of them. You're still, what, tied top of the table with Chelsea right now? Or yeah, one, po- one point up? off. One point yeah, off. Yeah, but it's one point. You're, still, you're the only undefeated team left. I think there's a lot to be hopeful for. The only thing is just you kind of hope these this close title race does something magical to Salah and Mane and makes them want to skip the AFCON, which is obviously a lot to ask out of a player. That is a lot to ask. <laughs> and like I'm not going to say they're, oh, you know, scum. They don't care if they don't go, but I really hope they uh, come around to that thinking. That's going to be an interesting thing this year. With the African players leaving, like in the middle of the season, and there's just there's not a team in Europe that can rep or that are going to be hit as hard as them. No, I mean, no, not at all. Just Granted, with the, the impact that they have, yeah, with their African players too. Arguably, not a t- a great team with that little depth that Liverpool has too. So, mm-hmm. 
Final thoughts, gents? I think I've got it all. Oh, yeah. Well, we got a good weekend coming up of Michigan State soccer. Oh, wait, hold up. Byron lost. When I was starting to lose <laughs> Bundesliga hope. Hey, uh, I mean, Frankfurt? Yeah, at home. A little fascinating. Every time Byron, they've, okay, they've dropped points twice this season. Both times, the opposing keeper has channeled the spirit of uh, Iker Casillas. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll just hope that can keep happening. I, I don't know if they're showing much weakness in the squad, but hey, what are we, eight games in and they're only one point ahead of Dortmund? Yeah, one point. They're tied with Leverkusen. At yeah, 16. Uh, Leverkusen will take themselves out of the equation, but also Dortmund already beat them, so I'm not, not worried. It helps. Ex- I mean, they're just they're the definition of a team that burns out every season when they're built on offense like that. Good watch, though. Florian Verts, big fan of the guy, and he's got a goal contribution in every game. But, you know, everything's good. Holland out for a bit, and it hasn't hurt us too badly. Any projection on when he comes back? I don't know. I don't know. I hope it's just first game after international break. I'm not trying to see this lineup, this offense lineup without him another time, but yeah. one more game shouldn't be too bad. Sweet. Luca? I think that's all for today. Yeah. Great episode. Everyone was in good mood, especially me today. Newcastle takeover is through. Ray Hudson's got to be happy too. You might have a manager by the next episode. You know, yeah, so we might. Manager. That'd be sweet. Steve Bruce, bye bye. Ian comes in a full kit. I'm just saying. I might. Facebook Live, you better tune in next week because I'll be here in a full Newcastle kit and a blazer on top for business purposes. You have that to look forward to. <laughs> All right, thanks for coming along. If you've come this far, appreciate you. Uh, we hope you listen next time. And as always, we hope you found this episode to be, in the great words of Ray Hudson, magisterial. Join us next time.